about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. My name is Art Cardos, and as always, every week, I remind us that this program is called All In, All In with the Lord, and we work diligently, I do, I know you probably do too, if anyone is actually listening and continues to listen, you know our job is to figure out ways to get closer in with the Lord, All In. There's no time left to be all out, you know, out. If you're on the outside looking in, it's not going to be any fun for you as we progress through this year. Uh, We are in an amazing time in history, Uh, one where the apostles, for one, would love to be able to witness and be a part of, but they had their time. Now you and I, we have our time. And what is our time? Uh, What is it we can do to make the most out of the time we are alive on this planet right now? And if you are alive, if you're alive on this planet uh, right now, that means that uh, your destiny was for now. God doesn't make mistakes. And He has you planted here at this time because there's something specific for you and I to do. The question is, will you do it? Will you do what he called you to do? Will you listen to the Holy Spirit and follow the path of victory that he has planned for us uh, in this hour? As things get more chaotic, and they will, as... um, Lucifer gets more panicky because he's run out of time, and he will. When you look around and see on the left and on the right, things going awry, not going the way you think they should go, then what is the calling of the Lord Lord on you and I? What is it we should be doing? And believe me, You know, just as we've heard about this leak from the Supreme Court and people already riled up and amassing all kinds of disruption just to uh, get their way. Tantrums, throwing tantrums. That's what Lucifer's good at, by the way. Throwing tantrums. No more discussion. He tried that. He thought he was going to be the best debater and debate in this country and win over through debate. And now he realizes that's not going to work because there's too many Christians who believe in the truth that out-debate him. And he's losing. And so he's out of time. So the only thing left is no longer debate, just total chaos, takeover, demands, um, anything to get his way. Because... We've got to throw a tantrum. We've got to scare them. We've got to use fear. We've got to use fear to get God's people to do it our do it his way. That's what Satan wants. So he is the author. 
and finisher of fear. He created it. He is the father of lies. God, Jesus called him that, the great liar. And as we start off this program today, we want to talk about that we are joint heirs, joint heirs with Jesus. And um, where does it come from? You know, God, you know, when you leave this planet, everything you own goes to your heirs. If you have things you own, some people don't. But there are laws and there are rules, and you leave your possessions to your heirs. Now, Jesus came and got back everything that was stolen from Adam in the garden. And now he could have, God could have decided to let Jesus be here and be the king of kings, lords of lords then, but that wasn't the plan. So the plan was for Jesus to get back everything that was stolen and then give it to the heirs um, and then send back his Holy Spirit to enforce the fact that the heirs inherited what um, Jesus got back. So, we are the heirs. When you accept Jesus, you become an heir. In Psalm 105, verse 43 and 44, He bought out His people with rejoicing, His chosen ones with shouts of joy. He gave them the lands of the nations, and they fell heir to what others had toiled for. Now, here, here's an important fact. We are heirs to things that we didn't toil for, that we didn't work for. I know, faith without works is dead, and you need to work. But God, through Christ, reconciling the world to himself, has gotten has made us heirs and gotten us back all that was stolen, period, the end, and much more. Things <coughs> that we didn't toil for, things that we didn't work for. And so here we are, recipients and heirs of something that Jesus paid the price to get us. Are you and I wasting what he has left us? Did you, did you ever see someone that inherits a lot of money and uh, maybe they're just not good with money, but their parents or relatives leave what they had, and here comes this person that never had any experience with wealth, and they squander it. I mean squander it. I take lavish vacations, buy things crazily, you know, just spend the money. And then they realize there's no money left, but they got all this stuff. And they don't know how to handle an inheritance. In our case, the church doesn't even want to 
understand what the inheritance is in a lot of cases. They don't even choose to open up and read the fine print on what they inherited, which is the Bible. The Bible is the manufacturer's handbook, and it is the written documentation of what his heirs inherited. And we are the heirs. In Luke 9.13, So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minas, or minas, or whatever. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. Then what happened? Some of them put it to work. Some of them hid it. You know, today, you can be so greedy that let's suppose all of a sudden you inherited a Bitcoin, or 10, or 20, or 30, or more, and you see it's making all this money, and you don't take any of it out to use to help others because you're making all this money. And then all of a sudden, one day, the coin just drops half in value. So you lost all that that you could have taken out. If under the direction of the Holy Spirit, you would have taken it out, you would have then sown into God's kingdom a huge amount of money, making even more come into you. But though the greed factor always comes in, and the greed factor is committed when you don't have a lot, to be honest with you. You don't want to give more. You go out to eat, but you only leave a little bitty tip. Or you, you leave something stupid, like a tract or something. That's what they used to do, right? I'm not going to leave money. I'm going to leave your eternal life. You think you got the waitress's attention with that? Maybe once in a while. But you should have put a $20 bill with it. Then you would have gotten the attention. So here's my point. We are heirs. I know there are a lot of people who believe in God and believe in Jesus who think they're supposed to be poor. And they're going to stay poor if they think that, because that's how it works. What you believe in your heart, you will become. But when God gave his servants money to put to work, it was money to put to work not money to hide. And the one servant, right, hid his money, and he was called wicked. We don't even want to go there. In 2 Corinthians 8, 9, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. What does that mean? Because I'm stopping there for a minute. We're parking the truck. Jesus, though he was rich, was he rich? Have you accepted the fact that Jesus was rich? Says it right here in the Bible. Have you accepted that he was rich? Oh, no, Art, he, he wasn't rich. Well, then you are saying this isn't true. 2 Corinthians verses 8 and 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. How did he do that? How did he become poor? Way before earth, guys. 
He was the wealthiest of all in heaven, and yet he laid down his wealth in heaven and came into this earth as a impoverished person, from, born from a carpenter. But then came the kings and the wise men, bringing gold. So immediately, he's attracting wealth. Now, his parents have enough. So when they move to Egypt, because of the story, they have enough to live on while they hide out in Egypt or stay there for as long as they had to stay. <coughs> Then, when it came time for his ministry, money began to come in again. And he gave it away and continually sowed seed. He didn't hoard it. He didn't hang on to it saying, man, I'm going to make more interest and I'll be able to give more away. He began to sow. And that's how the kingdom of God works. We sow what we have, 10% of what you got today. So for those of you that have stocks and bonds and coins or whatever, at the end of every year, you should look at what it's worth and tithe that amount. Oh, I can't do that. It's locked up. Unlock it. You're hoarding the blessing because that is the blessing that God wants to get to you. And he can't get it to you because you aren't opening it up. You're making it appear like it can't be touched. Well, they'll tax me. So, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give to God what belongs to God, his tithes. So, we have situations here. Though, and, and, and this word, you may not like it, became poor that through his poverty, you might become rich. Rich. Some Christians don't want to say that word. They hate it. it. Scares the living daylights out of them. Oh, I can't be rich. Why not? Because it will reveal your nature on where you put your money. Are you sowing, giving, hoarding, keeping, amassing? God is testing you guys. He's testing all of us. This is the day where he wants to make you rich. He wants to make you rich so that the wealth of the sinner is moved into your camp. So, not so you can go retire and have a great life, not that you can't, but so that you can learn to help others. If you aren't helping others on a daily basis somehow, what are you doing? What are you doing? You go out to eat with people. Do you pay the bill or do you expect them to pay the bill? Do you leave generous tips or do you just act like a Christian uh, that doesn't have any money because you play the role? God's dealing with people today and he's trying to wake you up. He wants to bring in huge amounts of money, but you won't ever have that if you don't give. The secret of living is giving. In Revelation 5.12, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, that's right, Jesus, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor 
and glory and praise. Hold it. Hold it. Let's go back. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Who's that? Jesus. <clears throat> to receive all power, all wealth. Do you want to take wealth out of there? Because you don't think God should be wealthy? I didn't say that, Art. I said people should not, you know, we are the ones that are inheriting this. We are walking in Christ, the Lamb who was slain. Your inheritance is wealth, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, power. Are we using it? Are we getting it? Are we getting to the point where we get there? There are a lot of people that I run into that are not quite sure about money. Matter of fact, if they hear Christians or preachers talking about spending money or asking for money or receiving too much money, they call it the prosperity crowd. Is it? Now, there may be a few pastors out there to get off track, but let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what you think. It matters what God thinks. And God is sick and tired of waiting for people who call themselves Christians, who are broke, busted, sick, and disgusted, walking around with droopy heads depressed, not even understanding how to operate faith. God's fed up with it. Because that is not what Jesus came to restore. I mean, he came to restore that. But he didn't come to tell you to prolong it. He came to tell you how to get out of it. So get out of it. And if you don't believe Christians should be prosperous, or you think the prosperity, quote, message is somehow evil, we'll pray for you. Because here in Romans 3.3, 3, it says, What if some were unfaithful? Will their unfaithfulness nullify God's faithfulness? No, you just don't matter at that point. You don't matter because you aren't willing to be one of those who will attract enough wealth to take care of people around you. Don't tell me people around you don't need something. There's people you can be helping every day if you have the wherewithal. And I, I'm speaking to Christians who think they don't need any more. I really mean it. You need to wake up. You need to start calling for all kinds of prosperity. Not for you, for others. This kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus wants to turn over the wealth from the wicked to the hands of the just who inherit the kingdom through Jesus. But if your eyes aren't open to it, if your ears aren't open to it, he can't do it. So stop blaming people for a prosperity. I mean, it bugs me that people walk around doing that, Christians. And somehow they're all righteous because they are picking on someone else. Well, right now is the time for the body of Christ to wake up and receive. God wants to bless you, and he wants to bring it out of nowhere. Will you receive it? Will you receive God's blessing? Will you receive his wealth? <clears throat> Tell your, this is um, Genesis 45, 17, and 18. 
Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, do this, load your animals and return to the land of Canaan, Canaan and bring your father and families back to me. I will give you the best land of Egypt so that you can enjoy the fat of the land. Do you think God was blessing them? To jo blessing them through Joseph, his family? How much more does God want to bless you, his family, through Jesus? He didn't say, he, tell them to load everything they got, come back to the land of Canaan, and bring your father and your families back to me. I'll give you the best land. What if it would have said, I'll give you the worst land? God would never do that. God wants the best for you. Do you know the best of everything in this earth was made for God's people? The best was made for you and I who know Jesus. If you are not utilizing, experiencing, or living the best, then the thief has stolen from you. And that's Lucifer, the fallen angel. Yes, he's a fallen angel, and he has stolen the best. God's best is waiting for you and I right now. Will you accept his best? Or will you walk around with a mindset that says, man, this world is out of control. I don't know what to do. I don't see it getting any better. You know what? You, will, you can prosper in the midst of anything. Here, in the midst of a famine and a desert and all of that, Joseph's side of, was prospering. And all that was necessary for him was in one location, and all he had to do was call his family there to enjoy it. That's right. He had to call his family to enjoy it. God's calling his family. He's calling you. Will you answer the call? Will you change your thinking? Will you stop judging? Will you begin to share? Will you begin to give? Will you stop hoarding money? Give it away. Build your treasure in heaven. For moths can't destroy. The stock market can't go down. God wants to bless you, but takes faith, doesn't it? Takes faith to go into your own bank account, take money out, and then sow it as a seed. Takes faith. Do you have faith? Bible says if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could say to the mountain, be removed to be cast into the sea, and it will obey. Do you have faith? Are you using faith? Here in Job 27, 13, and 17, here is the fate God allots to the wicked. The heritage a ruthless man receives from the Almighty. However, many, his children, their fate is the sword. His offspring will never eat enough. The plague will bury those who survive him, and their windows will not weep, widows will not weep for them, though he heaps up like silver, silver like dust. So for those that are hoarding, I got news for you. There's never going to be enough. Never going to be enough. And clothes like piles of clay that he lays up that the righteous will wear. Not, not those who, I mean, people buy wardrobes and they just keep buying and buying and buying. 
And he's saying, you're not going to get to where somebody else is going to, they're going to take it down to free will and somebody's going to get it. <coughs> yeah, it won't be you. You're buying it for someone else. <coughs> Unless you are in the kingdom of God and into the giving mode and the innocent will divide his silver. So what am I saying? As a believer, before we go to break, as a believer, we need to stop acting like heathens and start giving, start giving, start giving, start sowing, sowing, sowing. Don't hoard. Don't worry about interest on earth. Worry about compound hundredfold returns that you get from heaven. It is my belief that every dime we make on this earth is for the purpose of sowing seed into heaven so that we can re restore and have a hundredfold return coming back. You can't ever experience that if you're hoarding. We are the children of God, and God wants the wealth of the sinner to come into our hands. Now, we're going to take a commercial break. Don't go away. We'll be right back, and we're talking about how to be all in with the Lord. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. And we're back. And we are talking about being all in with the Lord. And we're talking about giving. I hope I make a little sense to somebody out there about this, because I do feel that in this country we have been blessed, and we tend to lay back and, and enjoy, which we should, especially if you've worked all the years of your life. But let's not forget the giving. The more you give, the more you receive. And build our treasure in heaven. In John 10.10, 10, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. Now, this is Jesus. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Stealing first. What does he steal? He comes to steal the Word of God right out of you. Yeah, I read that scripture on tithing. Yeah, I know giving is really important. But, you know, I can't do it all the time. I have to be somewhat moderate in my giving. Really? The thief comes to steal. What has he stolen? He's stolen your future. Because the secret of living is giving. 
So if he steals the thought about giving out of you, I mean, I, I mean, there are people who just, I mean, take advantage of other people for sh- lack of a, another word. And you got to stop doing it. You got to get on the giving side. Wherever you go, you should be the blessing. You go out with somebody, you pay for the bill. You leave the big tip. You do it. I can't, Art, don't have it. Then don't go out expecting them to buy for you. Go with an attitude of giving. The thief comes to kill, to steal, excuse me, kill and destroy. Right after he steals your joy, then he launches an attack to kill your, your vision. And a person without a vision will perish. So if you don't have a vision, you're not going anywhere. And then eventually you'll be destroyed. And Jesus came that you could have life and have it to the fullest. Question for you. Do you have life? And are you living it to the fullest? If not, why not? You're an heir. Jesus came, made you a joint heir, and he came that you could have life and live it to the fullest. If not, why not? you got to point the finger back at yourself. We have to change. You have to change. Ecclesiastes 2.26 To the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. This, this too, is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. This is, um, let me read this again. To the person who pleases him, meaning God, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, the guy who rejects God, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. So the sinners have a ministry. What's their ministry? The sinner's ministry is to gather. Our ministry is to receive it. So if somehow in your mind you're dismissing people who look prosperous, who know the Lord, they're not, you're, you're, you're condemning this very scripture that says we're supposed to receive it. Are you receiving it? The wealth of the wicked. I'm going to read it again. To the person who pleases God, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, now this shouldn't be you, to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. Do you please God? If not, why not? Do you please God? If you please God, then your ministry is receiving what the sinner has accumulated. I'm telling you, guys, you cannot rewrite this Bible. 
to put it in words that you think are better for you. We have got to get receiving here. God wants that wealth into the hands of the church, and he wants it there now. I'm proclaiming that. I'm prophesying that. I'm speaking that. God wants you to be in the receiving mode to absolutely, positively receive the wealth of the sinner. Acts 8.36 As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? So the eunuch wanted to be baptized, and he found water. And sometimes people are waiting for the right time to be baptized. All you need is water, right? And you can turn your life over to Jesus. And that's what God's message is in that scripture. All you need is to make the move. You can make the move. Deuteronomy 28, 11, and 12. This is from the Amplified Bible. And the Lord shall make you have a surplus of prosperity through the fruit of your body, of your livestock, and of your ground in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord shall open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain of your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hands, and you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Let me read it again. Isn't this great? Go read it. I'm telling you, God doesn't want you to be without. He wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to, prosperity message, if that's what you want to call it. Go tell me that the Bible is wrong. Go ahead, Mr. Christian. Mr. I know it all about the Lord type thing. Go get the scripture and let's hear how you read that and not obey it. Because, I mean, it's kind of frank, guys. It's kind of laid out there pretty crystal clear. And the Lord shall make you have a surplus of prosperity. Prosperity. How else can you say the word? Through the fruit of your body, of your livestock, and of your ground. In the land which the Lord swore to your... The Lord shall open to you his treasury, the heavens, to give the rain your land needs, everything. God wants to bless you. Remember, the ministry of the sinner is to go get it. The ministry of the Christian is to receive it. Are you receiving it? If not, why not? If not, why not? <clears throat> the Lord said to... This is Genesis 13, 14. <clears throat> the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had left him, lift up now your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. 
so I'm going to give it all to you. As far as you can see. Is that prospering people? Or is that making them poverish? You have to ask yourself very simple questions. And then the answer is, the secret of living is giving. So once we receive it, we need to sow it. We need to give it. We need to be available to God in this hour so that we can do the work he once done. Believe me, we're in that moment in time where the Lord's speeding it up. His hand is wide open. He wants to bless you. He wants to change everything. Will we let him? Will we receive it? You know, there's people who could have gotten healed when Jesus was here, but they didn't receive it. Aren't you the carpenter's son? Hey, aren't you the guy that fixed my squeaky door last week? And you, you're here doing what? And so those people didn't get healing because they didn't believe. Are you a believer? Do you believe? Do you believe God wants you to prosper? Do you believe God wants you to help others, to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? Or are you hoarding up your own life, hiding your own selfish stuff, keeping it to yourself, because now I have enough. You know, today on the on the news you hear, I don't know, there might be big shortages coming down the road. You better buy two of everything. God bless those who can. Are you going to buy two of everything for your neighbor too? Are you reaching out and looking out for those that you'll have to take care of if there is a shortage? Oh, I've got enough for me. I've got enough for six months, a year. I even bought some of that food that lasts, I don't even know how long it lasts, but long time, right? They, they call it uh, for, for times when, you know, I don't know, war times or whatever, food that you just, it lasts 50, 100 years, I don't know, maybe more, I don't know. But hoarding up instead of using faith. If God had to fly food into you, he would fly it in for those who believe. But for those who hoard and don't believe and are sinners, well, I don't think their future is pretty bright anyway. It's time for people to accept Jesus. In Joshua 1.8, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. <clears throat> and then you shall make your way and you shall deal wisely and have good success. Now, there's that word prosperous again. The book of the law. God is saying here that the book of the law, if you learn the book of the law, if you put it in your heart and in your mouth, and meditate on it all day, every day. And observe to do what you're meditating on. Your way is going to be prosperous. Now, how are you going to fight that off if you're not supposed to be prosperous? When God's law leads, keeping God's law leads to prosperity. Can't fight it off.
God wants you to prosper. The whole Bible is about prosperity. What are you going to do? If not now, when? I'm back to the book of Amos. I read this before. Amos 9, 13 through 15. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now, God decrees. Things are going to happen so fast. They're going to happen so fast. Your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings, blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and the hills. I'll make everything right again, says the Lord. I'll tell you what, I like that. Things are going to happen so fast, but are you a believer? What is it you're believing? Releasing the blessing to work in your own life means blessing others. Do you make a plan every day to bless others? It might be just with a phone call where they're just talking and talking and you're listening and listening. It's okay. Your time is valuable. Bless those around you. Bless those who curse you. Bless. Faith is the promise. We want to put our faith in the promise of God. What are we believing? That we can do it? No. We're believing in the promise that God made, that he wants to prosper us, that the wealth, as the sinner is out there gathering the wealth, and we are receiving it. That's a promise. When you release the promise, when you take the promise of God and you release it in your life, the promise is intelligent. It knows what to do. Why? Because it's God's Word. And God's Word contains in it the seed of what it takes to create whatever it is the promise says. The promise will fulfill itself in your life. But you got to know the promise. you got to speak the promise. you got to receive the promise. When you release it, when you speak it, it knows what to do. The blessing is designed to turn everything around. What's going on in our lives, whatever it is, can be stopped, changed, transformed, because the blessing is designed to turn everything around. It's designed that way. And the just shall live by faith. So it must be that the unjust shall live by fear. Are you living by fear? Are you afraid of a food shortage? <laughs> Are you afraid of viruses now? Because the world has made everybody a little crazy about that. 
Are you afraid that more money won't come into you because you gave too much away? What are you afraid of? Because if you are afraid of anything, you are unjust, according to the Word of God. The just shall live by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Oh, wait a minute. What are things hoped for? What things are you hoping for? Oh, I don't hope for much, Art. I'm just kind of hanging on. I'm getting by. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Therefore, if you have nothing that you're hoping for, you have no substance and no faith. I'm hoping some of this sinks in. Because faith, anything apart from faith... God's Word says, is sin. And if you're not living with faith, you're the sinner out gathering for other people. If you're living by faith, then those people that are gathering are going to bring it to you. Personally, I like the idea of being the person living by faith and having prosperity come to me. To prosper. To prosper or not to prosper. So I'd give up on that don't be a prosperity thing. I'd really get out of that quick. That's leading to a tomb that isn't the one you want to be in. You know, the most amazing thing is that God chose you and I. If you're hearing this today, John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my, ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So you didn't choose God, God chose you. So that at an appointed time, you could bear fruit. Huh. Is fruit part of the prosperity message of the tree? I hope that tree is not a prosperity tree. Producing lots of fruit, because that would be terrible. That would be a prosperity thing. It really is really how ridiculous that sounds when people say it. And, and maybe I'm talking to the choir here. Maybe nobody listening ever says that. But there are those out there that think it's their God-given right to tear down others. And I'm, I'm, I'm coming after you in, in this way. I'm praying for you that God will open your eyes. Because a tree that isn't prosperous, I'll tell you what Jesus said to it. Nobody will ever eat fruit from you again. So shrivel up and die. And by 24 hours later, that tree was had had it. So, prosperity? I'm all for it. Sinners doing all the work to bring it to us? All for that. How do we get it? By faith. 
How do we get it? By faith, through grace. Call it forth. Dispatch the angels. We're in a time of a great war. I don't mean on this earth. I mean in the spiritual realm. There has never been a bigger spiritual battle being waged than there is right now. All around you. You may be aware of it. You may not. But you have the ability to dispatch angels, warring angels. And there are tens of thousands of angels waiting for the sons and the daughters of God to dispatch them into the spirit world to bring in the wealth that has been laid up for the just. You are the just. Why? You're the just because you live by faith. The money, the wealth, the health, everything you need now and all those around you is awaiting your words dispatching the angels and the promises to bring them in to you today. God wants overnight. He wants to overnight to you blessings. He wants to overnight to you prosperity. Today, I mean, let's face it. Even if when you go to online and buy something that they say it's going to be three days, you, you're upset before you get it. You want it tomorrow and more and more when I look at, especially Amazon, you can have things today. You order it in the morning, you get it at night. Or tomorrow, the latest. God wants to overnight it to you. He wants to overnight the prosperity that he's had the wicked building for centuries. Will you receive it? Will you get out of your own comfort zone and receive it, sow it, Give it. Don't go running out buying bitcoins to see how much more you can make. God will take care of it. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men and women bring unto our bosom when we rest in the Lord. Are you resting in the Lord? I am. I've, I, I'm telling you, I am at rest in the Lord, and I am excited that God Almighty has opened the windows of heaven to pour us out a blessing that we cannot contain, pressed down, shaken together, and flowing over. And that is written, my friend, in Malachi 3.10. And if you aren't a tither, if you aren't a giver, and you're on the hoarding side, and you still expect to be blessed, and you don't see it coming, if not, why not? Point the finger back at yourself. This is the hour. Listen, come closer. This is the hour where God is going to open the windows of heaven, and dump a huge blessing on you if you will simply 
receive it. Don't be like one of those who lived in the same town where Jesus lived. And they said, I can't receive a healing from the carpenter. Don't be one of those who knows better. Be one of those who receives victory. Because God's promise has said to us that the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. <coughs> the wealth of the sinner, <coughs> all that they've done out there, all the work, they are working to make millions and billions for the kingdom of God, and they don't know it. Now it's time for the church to put out your hand. And church doesn't necessarily mean your pastor. I'm talking about any believer. Put out your hand and take from the open hand of God what he has for you and I. Blessings, money, wealth, prosperity. Right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Take it. Take it out. Take the money and sow it into the kingdom. The kingdom will produce more. Your life will be blessed. Your happiness secured. And you and I will be a ch the child of God that he's proud to say, that's my son. In him I'm well pleased. Or that's my daughter. In her I'm well pleased. Jesus was the firstborn. What number are you? Let's walk, not hiding, but giving, sowing, reap to, so that you can reap more and give more. And let's get back again next week and talk more about the kingdom of God, being all in with the Lord. Be all in. Be all in with the Lord. There's never been a better time, and I'm excited. So have a great week, and be blessed, and give something away. Sow some seed. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time.